Hi, 88.9. I'm Sophie Prock, and today I'm here with Nancy Hawks, the Director of Animal Care at Woodland Park Zoo. Woodland Park Zoo is located in Seattle, Washington. Nancy Hawks has been a member of the zoo's staff for 17 years and was promoted to Director of Animal Care in January of 2017. She has also been employed at other zoos and institutions such as the Smithsonian Institution and the Zoological Society of San Diego. She earned her bachelor's degree at Colgate University and a PhD in biology at Princeton University. Thank you so much for being here today, Ms. Hawks. Let's get the interview going. Thanks, Sophie. It's great to be with you. All right, so I just have a few questions I'd like to ask. So I'll start off with the pretty easy one. Uh, what do you think your favorite part about working at Woodland Park Zoo is? Well, you know what? Um, people ask me about my job all the time and I'll say, um, the best part and the worst part is the same. It's that it's never boring. Um, there's always something going on, but I'd have to say my favorite part about working at Woodland Park Zoo is just seeing uh, people, especially children, connect to animals and to think about how those animals make a living in the wild. So whether it's seeing how a giraffe uses their tongue to strip leaves off of a branch or how a penguin swims through the water like they're flying or a weaver bird um, building, a, building a nest by weaving grasses together or what a maned wolf smells like when you walk by and you could have sworn you were smelling a skunk but it's there's no skunks around. So just sort of seeing that um, moment of awe when um, when people discover, uh, you know, up close for themselves in a in a personal way, um, um, how amazing the diversity of animals are. Right, right. That's so special. I can imagine. Um, who would you say is the most exotic animal at Woodland Park Zoo? <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. Um, I guess it depends on how you define exotic. Um, but if we want to pick one who's far away, who lives in a place far away from Seattle, I'm going to pick the parchula snails. Um, mm -hmm. Parchula snails are a very, very small species of land snail, and um, they come from Tahiti. And we are involved in a reintroduction program with the parchula snails. They've They've virtually been extinct in the wild for many years uh, due to a uh, predator that was reintroduced to Tahiti and, and nearby islands. And um, we, we currently have about 1,500 of those snails um, at the zoo and we raise them. They're very, very tiny as babies. I mean, they're like the tip of a pencil. They're so small and they, um, they're really cute and we grow them up and then we participate with uh, a few other uh, accredited zoos in North America and also in Europe to um, gather them together and uh, send them to Tahiti to be reintroduced. Wow, that's really cool. So are they just located in their own like little habitat or do you, where are they located in the zoo? They are um, located near in between the family farm and bug world there's mm -hmm. a, um, a a separate little building that we call our parchula snail uh, lab how does bringing in new animals work out 
Well, we work with um, a network of about mm, 240 accredited zoos and aquariums uh, throughout mostly North America, a few um, in a few other countries, but we work together to manage animals. So for instance, um, we work with several what are called SSP, species survival programs. And so let's talk about gorillas for a second. There are about mm, 320 uh, gorillas, Western lowland gorillas in North America, managed um, by these AZA, which is, stands for the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, um, zoos, and we all work together to manage them as one genetic population. And so there's a, a steering committee, a group of experts that uh, on gorillas in genetics and behavior and nutrition and reproduction. And um, we, we all work together to uh, make recommendations for how to manage this population of animals. And so, for instance, I'm the research advisor for the Gorilla SSP. And every year, the Gorilla SSP puts out recommendations to all the zoos that hold gorillas on who should breed with whom, who should move uh, to another zoo. And so mostly we're working with these SSPs to, um, to move animals around um, when necessary, mostly for breeding or at times when, for instance, when a young male gorilla gets to a certain age, he would normally leave his family group and go um, off and start his own family. And so that's, we try to use the animal's natural history to guide those decisions. So for instance, we had a breeding recommendation last year for our gorillas, um, and we did breed them for two of our, um, our genetically important individuals. And we just had a baby. We had a baby boy on March 4th, and he's doing great. But that involved um, not just breeding, but a couple of years prior to that, a move of a young silverback male from Smithsonian National Zoo in Washington, D.C. to our zoo. And that takes a lot of planning and a lot of work, especially with a large animal like that. And there are permits involved and, and veterinary requirements. Um, but we work with a team of very, very experienced curators and people that know how to move animals and make sure that we do it safely. Wow, that is a very intricate and thoughtful process. I admire that a lot. So how does feeding at Woodland Park Zoo work? Well, um, it works in many different ways. Um, <laughs> so. It starts with um, each species and actually each individual has a prescribed diet by a nutritionist. We work with a zoo nutritionist who helps us to um, define the diets for each animal. They're very dynamic. They change on a seasonal basis or as the animals age or when they're going through certain life stages. Um, pregnancy, for instance, or lactation, uh, birds sitting on eggs. The diets always have to be adjusted, but I can tell you that all of our animals get nutritionally complete diets. They eat much better than most humans, <laughs> much healthier. And we, um, 
not only provide them with sort of a core diet that meets all their nutritional needs, but we also have to think about um, the physical manipulation of food and the colors, the look of food, just like for people, right? So, so for instance, again, getting, getting back to those gorillas, um, they eat a variety of, of uh, produce and also a uh, nutritionally complete um, biscuit that uh, supplements their diet, but we also give them a lot of large leafy plants to tear apart because that's part of their natural history, right? They tear leaves off, big banana leaves. They love um, many flowering plants like roses. So we have a, luckily we have a rose garden uh, right outside the zoo uh, entrance and we're able to harvest roses that have no pesticides or herbicides on them and we can feed those rose petals to our gorillas as well. So they get quite a varied diet. It's rotational. They, they have variety and they um, have a nutritionally complete diet. Wow, that's really cool. So I know Woodland Park Zoo connects with um, North American zoos near Woodland Park Zoo, but how do you conserve worldwide wildlife? Right, great question. So we have a very robust uh, conservation, uh, wildlife conservation program at the zoo. There's three main parts to it. Um, we have a couple of signature uh, programs. One is we uh, have uh, Lisa Dayback, who's a, um, a biologist who has worked in Papua New Guinea for many, many years, 20, 20 30 years, I think. Um, working with uh, tree kangaroos in that part of the world. And she has, um, through uh, this zoo and many other zoos, she's been able to continue this work in a very, very long study and help to establish the first national park in Papua New Guinea. Um, that project not only has helped to save tree kangaroos, but there are aspects of that project that uh, help support uh, the local communities to uh, find other livelihoods than going into their forests and hunting uh, tree kangaroos and other species. And so, for example, Lisa has helped them to develop a way to grow coffee beans sustainably. And They've now switched from hunting to growing coffee, and those coffee beans are sold here in Seattle by Cafe Vita. And so that's a really nice partnership that not only helps the animals in that area, but the, the people, the human communities that live there too. Um, another one of our signature uh, programs is what we call the Living Northwest, and that's right here in our backyard. Uh, working with animals in the wild, um, western pond turtles, Oregon silver spot butterflies, several species of raptors and carnivores. And many of my own staff are involved in these projects because we, um, the, some of these, the pond turtles and the butterfly projects, for instance, are what we call species recovery projects where we raise the animals here at the zoo um, and we give them a head start and then we uh, put them back in the wild with partners like Washington State Fish and Wildlife, 
um, or U.S. Fish and Wildlife or um, the Nature Conservancy. And then we do a lot of uh, research with carnivores, how people live with carnivores in urban settings, but also how carnivores are thriving in the wild. And we have uh, Robert Wong, who has been studying uh, wolverines and other carnivores in North Cascades National Park um, as a scientist here at Willem Park Zoo. We um, also have several partner programs in countries all over the world um, where we support projects both with funding but with uh, technical expertise. We send staff to help with these projects, um, orangutans and elephants in Borneo, gorillas in the Congo, tigers in Malaysia, snow leopards in Mongolia, um, penguins in Peru, uh, cranes in Russia, elephants and lions in Tanzania and even rhinos in India. Um, and those are very important. You can get a lot of information from our website on those programs. And then there's um, certainly a lot that we do right at the zoo in terms of sustainability. Um, we have several lead, built, lead certified buildings. Um, we've got an amazing zoo do program. If uh, any of your families are Gardeners, they might know about that, where we basically recycle um, um, dung from our animals into compost, and uh, which is really rich um, uh, material for uh, all, all those Northwest gardeners out there. And then the zoo does a lot of advocacy. So we, um, we help with lobbying efforts for around environmental and conservation issues. Our zoo was um, the major force behind getting initiative 1401 passed in 2015, which is a, um, which was legislation to help um, reduce wildlife trafficking in and out of the state of Washington. So there's several ways that we help with conservation around the world both directly and indirectly. Um, and when you come to the zoo or visit our website, you can learn lots more about that. That's so cool. And I love being able to think about how the zoo is helping animals everywhere. I mean, not just in, not just here in Seattle, like it's such a wonderful thing. That's awesome. Right. Um, okay, so can you tell us about how one can volunteer or I mean, I suppose work at Woodland Park Zoo? Sure. Um, when we're all able to get out and about a little bit more, it'll be <laughs> easier. But um, all of that is available on our website. Um, you have to be 16 years old or older to uh, volunteer. Um, we have a very robust volunteer program with about 700 volunteers. They're amazing. They work in all different aspects of the zoo. Um, they help with animal care. They, they do a, so much um, with our guests, delivering programs and education um, experiences for our guests. But they also help with, for instance, um, they help support the gardeners who take care of the grounds, or they help with our photo library sorting photos so there's lots and lots of volunteer experiences so go to the website and um, at the top of the page there's a um, drop down that's called support 
and you can see how to um, how to volunteer and there's also a listing of jobs um, that are open that, that folks can apply for. I definitely was thinking about doing some summer volunteering um, at the zoo and I know my friends were as well so that might be a really cool thing to try out this summer. That's awesome. Yeah keep keep an eye on the website and um, that will open up again as we get closer to reopening the zoo. Right. So speaking of the website, um, I like to watch a lot of the live webcams that you guys have set up. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the live webcams? Sure. We've got, um, right now we've got three uh, live webcams, um, tigers, grizzly bears, and bats. Um, right now, at this moment, they are not functioning. <laughs> so <laughs> don't go running to look at them yet because... Um, we have had to turn our IT uh, resources to helping to support all the folks that are working from home at the zoo. And so right now the, the cameras, the webcams are down, but they are working on them and they'll be back up shortly. But That's yeah, we are definitely have plans to add more in the future so that you can um, see what's going on with our animals um, any time of the day. That's very exciting. I know sometimes during school, Maybe instead of doing homework, that could be a fun little break just to take a look and see what the gorillas are doing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great uh, way to sort of recenter and maybe um, help support your mental health by, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, they say animals can help lower your blood pressure, and I, I, I definitely believe that. I think that um, it can be very calming and fun. So um, one last question, and this is quite broad, but um, how is Woodland Park Zoo dealing with uh, the effects of COVID-19? Well, the hardest part, of course, has been being closed and not having our guests um, come to be able to come to the zoo. And we're really looking forward to the day that we can, can reopen. Um, other than that, you know, we have a lot of folks working from home and, um, but uh, all of our staff, the animal care staff are all still coming into work every day, as is uh, many other folks, including the facilities folks who maintain all the animal areas and the grounds. Um, and so they are all coming in, they have to maintain the, you know, the physical buildings, the the, the grounds, the water systems um, in the zoo that the animals depend on, all that has to be maintained. And then of course the animal care, the direct animal care and the veterinary care. So our entire animal care staff, our veterinary staff are all coming to work. We have divided them into two non-overlapping teams to try to uh, reduce their exposure. Um, and so far that's going really well. Um, all our animals um, seem fine. They seem healthy. Some of them do notice that there's less activity out in the zoo. Um, but, you know, animals are very res resilient and they adjust. And um, I think the people are having a harder time. The animals are sort of oblivious to the human drama swirling around them and just enjoying the spring weather. Um, and... Um, We've been able to, I mean, one upside is we've been able to do some fun things like have some of our ambassador animals go visit other um, species around the zoo. So if you've been to our 
Facebook page or our blog, you might have seen uh, an armadillo visiting the river otters or a uh, porcupine visiting the penguins or potbelly pigs visiting the sloth bears. It's a, that part is a lot of fun. But I will say we are trying to um, still stay connected with our, our community and our supporters. And so we've got a lot going on on social media, Facebook, our blog. We have um, some programs for school uh, children um, called Zoomasium to You on our blog, which is a lot of fun, different activities that parents and teachers can do with small children. Um, we also have a super snack time on Facebook on Tuesdays at two o'clock where you can um, grab your snack and join in as uh, we feed a snack to one of our animals. And then, you know, Woodland Park Zoo is a nonprofit, so obviously um, there's been a financial hit to us and so we are so grateful to the community because we've had a lot of uh, support coming in um, in the in terms of donations to our relief fund and that is you can find that at zoo.org backslash relief so thank you to everybody who has helped to keep us going uh, through that fund I'm so excited for when the zoo can finally reopen as well. I mean, I, my family and I, we love going to see all the animals. And I mean, we definitely went a lot more frequently when I was younger, but I mean, it's still such a special experience. So we thank you all for working as hard as you do. Thank you so much, Sophia. It's been really fun to talk to you. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you and your family and your friends uh, when the zoo reopens. Yes. Thank you so much for being available. You bet. Thanks sure. for listening, 88.9. Make sure to go check out the Woodland Park Zoo website to donate and tune in later for more.